you have an office and you have 50 people working in the office, there are some natural tendencies to have meetings and to have hierarchies and to worry about what other people say and be more risk adverse. Whereas when you're working remotely and you empower your team, they're not worried about what the person on the right of them or the person on the left of them are going to say. They're not worried about, oh my gosh, I got to, you know, at five o'clock, we're having this meeting. I got to stop what I'm doing and I have to come up with something smart to say, right? It just cuts down mm. on, on, the, on a lot of the wasted time and lets people focus on their jobs and empowers them to do it. You're listening to the Remote Work Productivity and Lifestyle Podcast, the show to hear tips and tricks about staying productive and having an awesome lifestyle as a remote worker. Proudly presented by Remote Compass and worldpodcasts.com. Now let's welcome your host, Alan Kaig. This is Alan of RemoteCompass.com, and today we are chatting with Nahum Kligman of Book Like a Boss, or B-L-A-B, the tool we use to book this actual conversation. Thanks for being with us today, Nahum. Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you for having me on the show. All right. Can you tell the audience a bit about you and the business? Sure. I'm one of those you know, born and bred entrepreneurs, been doing this for a long time, I was the kid who used to shovel snow for five bucks a driveway and, you know, mm. baseball cards, ha- had a candy locker in high school till I got thrown out. You know, typical entrepreneurial <laughs> story. I don't want to go through all, I mean, I don't think we have time to go through all the different uh, ventures I've had, but I, a couple of years ago, I had uh, a labor of love. I had a project I was working on, which was an apparel company for children with special needs. And I decided after I had real manufacturing issues and I put in a lot of my own savings and uh, it crashed in about uh, 2005 and it took a lot out of me because I spent a, you know, a couple of years building it and it was a real labor of love. But what happened was, was that afterwards I decided to, I didn't want to start a new uh, startup right away because when you start a company, it just takes so much out of you and I wouldn't want it to relax a little bit. So I decided to write a book, which was something I had wanted to do for a long time and I wanted to start a podcast. And so I did that and I was going to do some business coaching for, for startups. And what happened was, was that after my book came out and my podcast, I got a lot of people contacting me, you know, every week saying, Hey, can I take you out for a cup of coffee? Can I pick your brain? Can I buy you lunch? And the whole back and forth was, you know, well, I charged my time. Oh, you charge. How much do you charge? Oh, I charge $300 an hour. Well, $300 an hour. Well, what does that include? You know, can tell me more about you. And people said, oh, I didn't know you charge. And then, okay, let's meet. But when? When's a good time? And the whole back and forth, it was just like a big um, time killer for me. And I wanted people to understand, one, that I charge for my time. And two, what, you know, what, what comes with that and what are the you know, benefits of, of working with me? And so I said, I wish there was an easy way that the first time someone contacts me, I could send them a link that takes them to a page that says who I am has all my information, has testimonials about me, frequently asked questions, and then has all the services I offer listed where people can book me and pay for me all in one place. That way I don't have any back and forth. They understand, oh, he charges for his time. They understand why he does. And I didn't see anything out there that existed like this. And so I tried building on WordPress and I couldn't do it. 
And so then I tried uh, hiring somebody to build it for me and he wanted like $3,000. And I said like, no way. And uh, it wasn't until a couple months later, I got an email from a friend of mine whose sister is a masseuse. And she says, I'm not technical at all, but is there some software out there that I could just easily put up a page that says, here are the services I offer. Here's my calendar. Let them book me and pay for it all in one place. And that's when I realized, I said, you know what? If she as a masseuse has this issue and I as a business coach has this issue, I bet, you know, the growth of the gig economy, I bet there are millions of people out there that have the same issue, which is an easy to use platform to sell services. And so I approached a good friend of mine, David, who is an incredible, talented CTO. And I pitched him the idea. He loved it. And we started building it towards the end of 2015. Wow. I love the story because I was imagining something else. I was imagining this was more about your availability, more about finding um, time and whatnot. But what you just described to us is uh, folks want to know what you have to offer, how much it is going to be. If they're on the phone with you for an hour or two hours, whatever it might be, what's going to be discussed or what's the output going to be like? So if anything, this sounds more like e-commerce for services rather than straight up just meeting booking app like the usual model when someone thinks about booking tools. Alan, you just nailed it. You just nailed it. We did not set out to build a scheduling tool. There were already hundreds of them. And we did not want to market ourselves as that. And we did not want to build that because that already existed. We wanted to build something completely different than what was already out there. And But the problem was that when we first launched back in 2017, people didn't realize, what do you mean you're e-commerce for services? What do you mean you're software for selling services? That category didn't really exist. And so we said, okay, you know what? Let's go in in the scheduling space. Let people think we're about scheduling, but then show the power <laughs> of what we actually can do. And that strategy has worked very well for us. And it's also because we are a bootstrap company and we refuse to take investments, things take longer to build out. And so it gave us the patience. As long as we could keep saying, hey, we're a scheduling app. We're the same as anyone out there, except that we also give you this and we give you this and we give you this and we give you this. We had a powerful selling tool while we're still building out our core functionality. And actually you, you got me at a good time because in about six to about six weeks or so, we are launching a brand new website, a brand new uh, logo and uh, mission statement. And it's gonna become much more clear of who we are and what we're doing. Uh, we just have to build out a couple more features, exciting features, and you know, but look out for some big changes from Book Like a Boss over the next couple of months. Ooh, sweet stuff. Just yesterday, I was modifying my uh, appointments, my my Blab page. I don't know. In my mind, it's always been Blab, by the way, B-L-A-B. And what strikes me is how there are fields like FAQs, and there's an emphasis on the person's photo. It's like a social media page more than your typical just straight up let's find a time to, to, to have a conversation. It focuses more on an individual, what they have to offer, their story, them being a person, their personality, and their FAQs down below. And I think your story now helps me 
understand the product much better than I originally imagined. Because whenever I think about uh, meeting booking apps, there's this common uh, pattern. I look at the alternatives in the market. And yeah, it's all about looking for the time slot. But your feature set is something else. And apparently, it focuses much more on the individual, your experiences, and your services as a gig-based professional. And, and Alan, you, you just nailed it again. <laughs> because <laughs> that's that exactly correct. Because you and I both know, and, and your audience out there also, knows that people buy from people, right? So if right. you're going to a meeting with something and you get some, uh, some silly Calendly link that has no character, that doesn't tell me anything about the person I'm meeting with, what are his or her likes and interests? You know, well, uh, tell me something more <laughs> about them. You know, it's very hard to form the relationship. And in business and in sales, it's all about building the relationships. I can't tell you how many times someone pings me on, on LinkedIn and gives me a calendar link and says, hey, hey, you know, let's book some time. And I have no idea about the guy. I don't know uh, what he does, what his services are, what how they can help me. And, you know, I just usually I send them, hey, here's my here's my booking link. <laughs> You know, check this out. And then, <laughs> then you actually can form a relationship. Then you have something to, to, to work off of. Um, then rather just get on a, a cold phone call. Right. And actually, the profile side of things makes even more sense if you think about it. Because each phone call, even if you're going to talk to a sales rep for a large enterprise, you're going to talk to a human being. Right. So it's all about who am I going to talk to, whether or not they represent an organization. I, I want to know who I'm going to be on the phone with, whether you're a coach or you're a sales rep in a 500 person sales team. It doesn't matter. I want to understand your profile and what you have to offer if I give you my 30 minutes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're nailing it. Yep. All right. Let's switch gears for a little bit. Can you share with us your team setup in terms of remote work? What's the organization like? Do you do you meet up and stuff like that? Sure. So we have a pretty small team. As I mentioned, we're bootstrapped. So we're about a team of we're a team of five plus we outsource another two to three developers from the Ukraine, which is uh, pretty awesome. And you know, we use the you know, I guess the number one tool that we use to stay connected is WhatsApp. I'm a big WhatsApp fan. And, you know, to me, when you leave a WhatsApp message, you're forced to be, you know, uh, specific and not windy and to the point. And so I love that because it, it wastes uh, less time and there's less back and forth and, and you're able to get clear on things. And then, you know, we use Trello where we, you know, for all our project management and for all the different things we're working on and who's working on what, et cetera. And we have a couple others that we use, but, you know, I mean, we have a Slack, uh, Slack channel. I'm not a big fan of Slack. I just never really got into it, but it's funny. I'll tell you, you know, in terms of remote work, we started off working remotely because my co-founder, David, he, who's the CTO, he hates, he hates uh, working in an office. He prefers just to be in his home office, lock the door, and then just be able to focus and not be bothered. And there's sometimes, even though he's like a close friend of mine and, and, you know, and we work together every day, but there could be, there's weeks that go by that I actually don't have a phone conversation with him, you know, because mm -hmm. he's, he's doing his role. He knows what he's got to do and I'm doing what I got to do. And, uh, you know, when you're working remotely and people understand their, their jobs and what they have to accomplish, you know, I like to empower people. I like to uh, allow people to 
take the reins of their job to sort of see themselves as the CEO of their position. And by giving them that freedom and not, you know, checking up on them all the time and not, you know, worrying about where they are or how many hours they're putting in just really on job performance, it really, you know, I've seen a boost in this way of working then with other companies I've, I've founded that working remotely and, and giving and empowering our, our team works, uh, works wonders. And so because we have, uh, you know, we joke that, you know, we're making up business cards for, for, for my co-founder, for, for David, that his, his business card says, you know, W Newquid, CTO, book like a boss and don't contact me. You know, <laughs> which which is great. He's a very uh, unique and talented CTO, and 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 hyper focused on what needs to get done. And you know, I'm actually I'm very lucky to have him as my co-founder, as well as my entire team is is pretty awesome. When it comes, to, I think you mentioned also when it comes to uh, meetings, we don't do team meetings. We just find it to be uh, you know a waste of time for us. We don't like that style. And you know, we're obviously we have we have a team you know WhatsApp group. So we always post things or ask questions. And then, you know, I have a special development group where we discuss development, you know, stuff like that. But in terms of having, okay, Monday at 9 a.m., we're having a stand-up meeting for 15 minutes and we're going, we're not, we're not like that. We're bosses. Everybody in the team is a boss and we all know our roles and we're all working for the greater good. Sweet. So uh, remote since day one, it's in your DNA and uh, you've recruited for this kind of way of working. Folks have autonomy. They are self-starters. They, they, they own their roles. And uh, they don't have to be micromanaged, basically. Absolutely. If I have to micromanage someone, I know it's not going to be a good fit. And right. what I do, you know, when we when we bring someone on board, I empower them. I said, listen, this is your role. This is, you could do what you want. You have a certain budget. You have... You know, wow. this is what you have to do, but but take risks. I say take a risk. Wow. If, it, if it fails, no one's going to jump on you. No one's going to blame you. You think I'm I'm perfect? I failed many times, right? Nobody's <laughs> perfect. But don't be afraid that if you do something wrong, that someone's going to jump down your throat because that doesn't happen. That's not how it works. If, if if things go wrong, and <laughs> you know, as with any company, things often do. We don't we don't focus on it. We just move on. Okay, how do we move forward? Right, and I believe that that's a much more pr uh, productive attitude to have, you know, when, when working in a, in a company. Sweet. So everyone's an entrepreneur. They have their PNL responsibility and uh, keep on taking risks. Just make sure to show me that uh, you have a pretty reasonable batting average, uh, just like any other entrepreneur. And then, then we're going to be good. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. In terms of communicating with teammates, I imagine that your co-founder, the CTO, they're running their own thread of work, but you might be coordinating a little more with the marketing team and maybe other team members. How often and what tools or communication methods do you use? So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to development, the development team, they, they work, which is, which is uh, David and, and then Donnie, and then we have Nick and Dan and Ruslan, who they, they all work together and they have their own communications platform that they use. I think they use Slack a lot and they use uh, something else, but I try to stay out of their way because, you know, I don't want to, obviously when it comes to questions, it comes to development and ideas and vision and how things should work. You know, I'll, I'll communicate that to, to our product manager and, or discuss it with David himself, our CTO. And, you know, 
and until things are hashed out. But once it's understood, I let them communicate and deal with things in their own way, their own communications. Me, you know, again, as, as I mentioned, my, my favorite tool is WhatsApp and, you know, I use it consistently every day. You know, I, I speak with my VP of sales and with our customer success rep and, you know, we're still a very small team, but they all can reach out to me anytime. And I always get back to people, you know, on my team, especially usually within 10 minutes or less. So, you know, we use WhatsApp, obviously there's some emails. Sometimes you got to forward things. I would say WhatsApp is, is the number one communications tool that we use. And for the record, my team hates it when I leave voice messages and uh, 90% of my messages <laughs> are voice messages. <laughs> All right. Uh, but uh, I, I reckon a voice message is way, way better than a phone call, right? Yeah. Again, when you were doing <laughs> a message, you're, focus, you're forced to focus on specifically what you want to say. And, yeah. and also when they hear your voice and they hear the tone you could just, it's just a better form of communication to then to me than texting or, or typing because sometimes things could get lost in the it, lost in a text. And even though, you know, leaving messages, you know, is, does cut down on time and does force you to focus. But sometimes when you text, you may miss out on something that if you were leaving a voice message, you would have said just because you just don't want to type so much, like, you know, psychologically, you don't want to sit there and type like three paragraphs. Although someone on my team does that. <laughs> right. But for me, I give a 60 second message that you can hear my tone. You can hear uh, my thought process. I could say specifically a little bit more of why I came up with or, or said what I'm saying. And to me, that just cuts back down on the back and forth. Yeah. And that's an extra dimension. Your your tone of voice, how serious you seem to be. You can add more quote unquote body language, even if you're not face to face with them, if they hear your voice versus just reading the words that you that you wrote. Absolutely. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about a book like A Boss as a tool for communicating with the outside world. So there are teammates that we coordinate with. We have project management tools. We have team communication tools, whether that's WhatsApp or Slack or uh, Discord or whatever it might be. But I suggest that internal communication is a different animal versus building relationships, starting relationships, nurturing relationships, servicing clients. Have you observed anything different when the, the world switched to to lockdown mode in terms of people reaching out and doing business remotely to, to reach out to clients and to service clients using tools like books like a boss so the, the answer the, the quick answer is yes I'll tell you us ourselves because you know we you know we got lucky in the sense that we were one of Zoom's top apps in their app store. And so when Zoom started Zooming, you know, we got, we caught that wave. And so like our numbers doubled since, since March. <laughs> um, Sweet. So there, since because more people were using Zoom and I guess communicating via these channels, you know, we were just a natural fit to be able to book Zoom meetings because we integrate directly with Zoom. And so we definitely saw those numbers go up. And about a month ago, I don't know if you saw, but we also integrated now with uh, Google Meet. Anybody can, you know, use Book Like a Boss to set up, you know, video and virtual meetings. And so we also, because there was a demand, we also set up, uh, we saw that more people were doing online webinars and events. And so we created, you know, we, we, we changed our roadmap a little bit 
and we created a, like a webinar events type of program so that you could create a specific date and time for an event and then use that to send out to people to, you know, book, you know, in groups or in bulk to book a uh, book time with you. And we've seen all these tools being used more and, and, and the feedback and requests we've been getting, you know, really shows that, you know, people, not only people are working remotely, but they're, the, the, the world has changed forever in terms of how we work together and how business and meetings are done. And there used to be, you know, it, you know, the, the in-person meeting, you know, I, I would still say that that's important, but because of what's gone on, you know, it's become much more acceptable to have meetings, you know, virtually via Zoom or Google Meet or, or whatever video, you know, webinar tool you're using, right? So just because that's become more acceptable, I think more people, more meetings are being done and we don't have to go someplace in person. It just gives you more time to actually get real work done. Yeah. And, and I imagine uh, more transactions will, will happen online. Like if you used to go to the gym to, to book with your personal trainer, that may now happen online. Absolutely. We've had a lot of uh, personal trainers and, and uh, gyms that have used us because now they're doing classes on Zoom. And that's another thing. We, we recently launched a classes app so that you can create uh, ongoing classes. And we saw a, we've seen a, a big uh, uptick in that as well. So yeah, people are moving classes online. They're moving meetings online. They're moving events online. And even when things come down with this uh, pandemic, you know, obviously people are going to still want to do conferences and there's still going to be reasons for face-to-face. -face. But, you know, you know, if there was, let's say, a 100% jump, you know, in, in terms of virtual meetings and using technology, even when things go back, and hopefully they will go back to the way they were, you know, there's still going to be a consistent 50% jump you know, that's, that's never going to disappear. Yeah. For example, you can now access service providers that you otherwise will not engage with because they're just in a different city or country or whatever it might be. Absolutely. Yep. And in addition to that, whether or not the, the classes will happen face-to-face, -face, booking it will still happen online, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, we, there are still cases where there are people that have, they're still meeting in person, obviously, and they still need a, uh, a platform like ours. And, you know, even before uh, COVID hit, you know, we had hundreds of, uh, or thousands of clients that would use us to book uh, in-person meetings. Alrighty. Okay. Before I let you go, I just wanted to ask, can you name one thing that your work has taught you about remote that you reckon everybody should know? Um, one thing I'll, I'll tell you like this, I think, and it's something I mentioned before, but I think it's super, uh, super powerful is that right. I, I, I've got, I've taken heat from this type of stuff in the past, but I don't care because, you know, <laughs> I like that. I believe in my way, <laughs> but you know, the things were, have, have been too formal in business. You got to have these meetings at, on Mondays at this time and on Thursday at this time and everybody's, and there's a hierarchy and you got to follow the hierarchy and, you know, and I think that happens a lot, especially in, in person. When you have a, an office and you have 50 people working in the office, there's some natural tendencies to have meetings and to have hierarchies and to worry about what other people say and to be less, be, be more risk adverse. Whereas when you're working remotely and you empower your team, right, they're not worried about what they're, what the person on the right of them or the person on the left of them are going to say. They're not worried about, oh my gosh, I got to, you know, at five o'clock, we're having this meeting. I got to stop what I'm doing and I have to come up with something smart to say. 
right? It just cuts down on, the, on a lot of the wasted time and lets people focus on their jobs and empowers them to do it. And I think that's something that, that you really get uh, from remote working that you're not going to get from in-person. Wow, sweet stuff. So it's more like the uh, political ceremonies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the world is changing. And that's why, you know, a book like a boss, we believe everyone's a boss. We call our teammates bosses. You know, we call our users bosses. We have over 30,000 users, which you're one of them. And, you know, we, we address our bosses as bosses because everybody's a boss. And, you know, that's really what we're trying to do is empower everybody, whether you're, you're quote, you quote unquote work for somebody or you work for a company or, or you're a solopreneur or you're an entrepreneur or you have a company with hundreds of people working for you. Right. Our idea is to in, empower everybody to be a boss and take control of their lives, take control of their jobs and not look at it as, hey, I'm working for someone else. But, hey, I'm working for I'm working as a team member for a greater purpose. And that's something. Right. That's that's part of our formality. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Thanks for listening to the Remote Work Productivity and Lifestyle Podcast. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of our upcoming or prior episodes. This show is presented by Remote Compass and worldpodcasts.com.